new poll, when taking a U.S. citizenship test, only 24% could correctly identify one thing Benjamin Franklin was famous for. Even worse, 36% asked, is that the guy Hamilton is about? So, yeah, uh, one in three Americans, only one in three Americans would pass a citizenship test. And we've got some of the questions and stuff for you coming up in a little bit. Only one in three Americans were born here. We have affluenza, clearly. Mm-hmm. Or our school system sucks. I don't know which. but Or both. Uh, and more on, the, neither. more on the FBI report that it's is both. out. The FBI report is out. Who's reading it? Who's not? What does it mean? We'll get into that a little bit later. Seems like there's one more thing I wanted to tease. Uh, we just uh, talked to Stephanie Ramos of ABC News. The big revelation from her story was that only two senators and or their staffers have gone to read the damn thing yet. But I just, well, if if the DOJ put out the word that, yeah, they didn't come up with anything, there's not a lot of point. I think they're going to be feeling pressure throughout the day to at least go over there and pretend to read it, though, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Flip through it and walk out with a troubled look on their face. (laughs) Shaking your head. Or a serious but upbeat look on their face if you're a Republican. (laughs) So, great note here from uh, Mr. Casey near Portland, frequent correspondent. The Kavanaugh hearings have highlighted the tribalistic reality of America today. So, in an effort to unite us, here's something that is common to all Americans. Namely, an impending fiscal crisis of the sort that ends a civilization. Mm. Earlier this year, we went over $20 trillion in national debt. That number is so big, it's hard to conceptualize. It's like saying we, own, uh, we owe a bazillion dollars. But think of it in these terms. A million seconds from now is almost 12 days. A billion seconds from now is almost 32 years. Wow. A trillion seconds from now is almost 32,000 years. That's incredible. Multiplying that by the twenty trillion we owe, it turns out that Joe's my Neanderthal ancestors would have had to drop a dollar bill in the pot every second for the last six hundred and forty thousand years in order to pay our national debt. We're doomed, but at least we're doomed together. Yeah. Well yeah. Well, except and this is this is what makes me outraged. We are not doomed. We either listening or spouting this into the microphone are not doomed. Our kids are, and our grandchildren are. We are going to unleash on them. We have already, really. Unleash on them misery, uh, deep, terrible misery. Good morning. Aren't you glad you tuned in? By what we've done. Feeling a little down today? Flip on the radio. Keep voting for big government. Pro-misery. It's despicable, indefensible. Jack, did you know mini horses are now welcome aboard Alaska Airlines as service animals? I thought we were going the other direction on that. Oh, by the way, we got a report coming up later this hour about the new uh, flying bill of rights or something. They're going to do something about the airline seats getting smaller and smaller and the food getting less and less. Kind of. Bring back honey sort roasted of. peanuts. That's Hun- my. Bring back the peanuts. It's not going to happen. None of that stuff is going to happen. I don't think. What? Uh, I need a bigger seat. So, in April, Alaska revised their emotional support animal policy. Now you got to have 48 hours notice, as well as affidavits on the animal's behavior, health, doctor's note, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so, they, they scaled it way back, but um, uh, they also uh, re-looked at what service animals would be allowed. Uh, many horses qualified as trained service animals will be welcomed on board, according to Alaska Airlines' latest revision to their rules. Um... Dogs, cats, and trained mini horses are allowed. Trained to do what? 
be a service animal. I don't know, ride around with little, tiny little cowboys on their backs. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so. A friend of ours is getting a uh, camel. We're kind of all excited about that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> she had too many donkeys, which is my favorite band name ever. Too many <laughs> yes. donkeys. Correct. As she uh, And she's traded some of her donkeys for a camel. So uh, now she's going to have a camel. How now, many donkeys equals a camel? I don't know, actually. Huh. I don't know what the fair trade in America is. <laughs> She, I'm guessing, is not uh, a suburbanite living on an eighth of an acre lot. She's got a camel in her living room. Downtown He's apartment. an indoor camel. <laughs> no, no. I take him for walks, of course. That'd be funny. And your own camel would be cool, though, huh? Yeah. I think. I don't know. About 150 emotional support animals and service animals fly Alaska Airlines every day, the company said in its release. An emotional support animal is you have your pet with you because it makes you happier. Sure. Which um, it would all of us. Right. Now, some people are, are more troubled, anxiety-prone, et cetera. Yeah. I realize it's not the same as me traveling with Baxter just because, you know, I'm fond of him and he amuses me. Or it'd be a pain in the ass to have to get somebody to take care of him while I'm gone. Well, right. Which That's is some another. of it, too. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, if you got a mini horse and you're troubled, feel free to fly the friendly skies of Alaska Airlines. Does that fit into the cat cafes, which are springing up around? I saw this one in San Francisco. Uh, linked to it from my town, which is getting a cat cafe, and they're taking applications currently in a cat cafe. How do they uh, prepare the cat? Is it like slow roasted? or Now, it's not like when you go to a one Taco Bell I know, and if you're in the drive-thru, there's lots of cats hanging around. It's wow. not like that. Yeah. yeah, but there's a lot less after the dinner rush. <laughs> they have lawyers, that's right. I'd like to retract that. Unfortunate... Uh, Hint. So you go to the you go to the cat cafe and you can sit in the on the one side where you just enjoy food and drink and uh, look through a window at a whole bunch of cats. <laughs> or for twenty five dollars, you can sit on the other side of the uh, glass and uh, enjoy food and drink with all the cats. In which there are many many cats in there of various ages, but they suggest you buy a ticket ahead of time because uh, it, it it fills up really fast. You can subscribe to the Moose. I don't muse. care you how fast sub- it fills up. Jack. You can subs- you can subscribe. Well, it's an indication. I don't care of, if it's full now. It's an indication of how popular it is, which I find interesting. Oh my god! Um, you can subscribe s- to the Muse letter if you want to get more information. I'm or, sorry, you said the Muse letter. And if you want to book meow, you can click right here and get your tickets. And uh, so now mm, that's clever. a thing. That's a thing. And I'm wondering uh, how many of that in a, in a big city like San Francisco, how many people are. Uh, Childed, I think we're going the way of like Japan. Yes, not getting married, not having children, and and we're 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 fulfilling our basic human needs through other ways, it, through freakier and freakier pursuits and or animals. Yeah, yeah, more more of a dedication toward pets. Speaking of spending money to see, book meow. It's a pun. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of spending money to see cats, porn star Stormy Daniels. Expected to draw massive crowds to a Sacramento is area she, strip club. Is she going to draw a massive crowd? This weekend. Yes, uh, according to the uh, co-owner of Gold Club Centerfolds in scenic Rancho Cordova, <clears throat> a <clears throat> suburb of the capital city of Sacramento. And how many are visiting uh, either ironically or to, to mock it? Of course, the money spends the same if I'm the one jiggling my boobs. Sure. 
Uh, you know, if I could go out on a Friday night, take off my shirt and shake it around for a few minutes and make some money, I'd do it. Smile at some gals, <laughs> guys, whatever. I don't judge. I wouldn't be here, that's for sure. Nobody's paying me to do that. So, Mark Boyles, the co-owner of the aforementioned uh, Gentleman's Club, says, quote, she has a special following because of her interaction with Donald Trump and now kind of the world. You know what? Um, I wonder, is there, there's probably no market for that. Say, hey, pay, play back in black. I'll come walking out on the stage. <laughs> I'll, I'll take off my shirt. I'll kind of take my shirt off, then I'll put right. it back down. Oh, no! Then I'll take it off a little Show further. it! Pretty oh. soon I'll take it completely off, strutting around to the classic rock music. Yes! I'll shake it a little bit like this. Beautiful. And I'll walk off stage and go back home with some more money. Can people uh, put uh, tips in your uh, your your, uh, your briefs there? I guess. Is that how you make most of your money? I don't even know. Well, Do you make an hourly wage? Lap or? dances. Yeah, tips I'm not when, doing that. You're not tips, making much then. Right. Mm. Tips when you go to the table and chat the fellas up and mm. give them an extra little uh, show. If you How about those Yankees, huh, guys? <laughs> I'm not tipping you. Anybody <laughs> watching sports ball? <laughs> Daniels, whose real name is Stephanie Clifford, mm. will perform two back-to-back striptease shows Friday and Saturday with shows at 9 and midnight. Afterwards, she'll be available for meet and greets with patrons who will be able to take photos with her. When is that happening? Friday and Saturday. Okay. Um, God, that's a... Uh... Regular tickets go for $30 on weekends to the club. $30 cover. A ticket for the Daniels Show, Jack, will run 40 or 33% more. <laughs> 45-year-old woman trying to make a couple hundred bucks midnight on a Saturday night on the road. Yeah. Staying in a hotel, traveling to the next town. Right. Glamorous. And sexy. They're expecting her to draw an older crowd and more women than we normally see, again, according to uh, Mr. Boyles, who runs the place. How We're poli- looking forward to capacity crowds. Really? Hmm. Well, well, aren't, uh, hmm. He might be trying to, you know, I'm looking drive forward to going out with Scarlett Johansson someday. <laughs> I don't know if that will happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. I have a feeling he has a pretty good sense of these things. Mm. Is it still political? What, her boobs? Put your hands together. Here comes Jack Armstrong. <laughs> Unbuttoning his Oxford that he wore to work today. Oh, boy. Ah! Avert your eyes! Give me a dollar and I'll walk off the stage. You don't have to look at me anymore. Yes, How that's, about that? right. that's right, audience. It's all denim. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes. They'll be tipping you to leave. <laughs> yes. I'm wearing a denim shirt, denim jeans, and a denim jacket. Denim underwear. Yowch. <laughs> <laughs> um... Hmm. Where's the seam? That's the only thing that matters. <laughs> ben Shapiro with an interesting uh, comment on the whole Kavanaugh thing. As more and more people are coming out of the Woodward, you see Connie Chung and her story that came out yesterday about how she was sexually assaulted many years ago. Saw the headline. Yeah. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. This concludes this year's Halloween show. We hope you had as much fun watching our show as the Koreans did animating it. But there's one group for whom every day is Halloween. I'm talking about adult illiterates. For them, trying to read the morning newspaper is more terrifying than any goblin, ghoul, spook, or spirit. (laughs) We play that every year on Halloween. Gets one extra play this year. 
this story out. The the percentage of Americans that are illiterate has not changed in decades, despite uh, all kinds of efforts to try to do something about that. Question, please. There's a 14% of the country is illiterate. Citizens Does that count or as, occupants? Are babies included? Most babies can't read. I know. Stupid babies. Um, Lazy babies. I ask for an obvious reason. Uh, it's you know fairly well known that we're importing a brown underclass to do jobs, quote-unquote, we won't do. At a rate that people don't need to assimilate. You don't need to learn English. Right. Because there are a lot of towns where you can uh, you go to the bank, go to the restaurant, go to the doctor, do whatever you want, and continue to speak your own language. I Was it Apple? I, I want to so get this right. Your question being, are they asking those people whether or not they can read and write English, and they're saying, mm. Well, yeah, we might be doing, you know, shaving off a percentage a year of uh, English speakers and importing, you know, a percentage a year in either non-English speakers or people who are functionally illiterate in both languages. Because there are plenty of um, laborers who come from South, uh, Central America and Mexico who aren't literate in Spanish either. You know, that is a very good point. And I haven't read the entire very long article, but it certainly doesn't mention it anywhere in the uh, in the first page and a half. Yeah. And it should. If it's counting people that are here from another country, that should be a separate number. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. But I'm, they don't want the politics of that. And they wouldn't agree with the politics of that, whoever wrote this paper, probably. Well, yeah, you ignore the things that don't suit your uh, your uh, parrot, your, your narrative. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm aware of a student in grade school who just had another student added to their class that uh, reads and writes not a word of English. Hmm. Well, reads, writes, or speaks not a word of English. And I think, as a teacher, what are you supposed to do with that? Spend a hell of a lot of your time and energy bringing that one kid along, or and two I, or and three I kids. And I think that's fantastic. At the expense of every other kid in the class. But anyway, that person would be, for English, illiterate. Right. Um, also, education-wise, a survey shows just one in three Americans would pass the citizenship test. This gets attention. Every so often, and then you get to the questions and you think, I'm not sure I would know that either, and I'm not sure how important that is. Only 13% of those surveyed knew the year the U.S. Constitution was ratified, even on a multiple-choice test. I'm not sure that's impo- that important to know if the year. If it were 1788, 1789, and 1790, that's one thing. If it's 1789, 1977, or 2016... That's another thing. It's 2016, right? They got to keep ratifying it. That's exactly. right. Every year, yeah, yeah. every other year. <laughs> most uh, most incorrectly thinking it occurred in 1776. I'm not sure that makes that much difference. You know, really. I, I, I yeah, I'm not terribly troubled by that. More than there half, are, I'm sure there are better examples of how dumb we are as a people. More than half of respondents didn't know which countries the United States fought in World War II against multiple choice. Um, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, and despite the recent media spotlight on the U.S. Supreme Court, 57% did not know how many justices serve on the nation's highest court. You know, yesterday, Jack, I was playing a little golf, and I was pitted against a uh, man of German ancestry and a man of Japanese ancestry. Wow, you had to watch your back, didn't you? <laughs> oh, telling you. Yeah, and there was, a, there was a sneak attack on one of the par threes, too. Well, here's one for you. They, they make... They make you learn this to become a U.S. citizen. Seventy-two percent of respondents couldn't identify all thirteen original states. Who cares? I, I think you ought to be enthusiastic about so your I. history and your country enough to know that. 
But if you don't, I'm not. I'm not unhappy. There, about I, that. I, I could fine. come up with a thousand other things I'd rather you know. Yeah, I'm surprised at these examples. Like, what would the what would your questions be? I want the. I want to make sure that that people that uh, become citizens of this country understand the basic concepts that are really the building blocks of the whole thing. Like your your free speech stuff. I was going to say, how about this? Give me a paragraph on why the First Amendment is important. Which deals with, you know, free speech, assembly, practice of religion, uh, the redress of your grievances, etc. You give me a solid paragraph or two on that, you're in. Understanding capitalism to a certain extent, how the economy works and why. Those kind of things. Some more kind of critical thinking. These all seem very, like, just trivia-based. They, they are. Well, yeah. well, even, even if you're going to go with trivia, I wouldn't go with name the 13 original colonies. You know, I might go with name the first five amendments or, uh, you know, why did, uh, you know, name, I don't know, three things that are mentioned in the Declaration of Independence, something like that. Only 37 percent, not the trivia, only 37 percent knew Ben Franklin invented the light bulb. Ben Franklin didn't invite invent the light bulb. Is this from the onion? (laughs) Have you been duped? From the Woodrow Wilson Nash Foundation. Oh, Woodrow is. Wilson. Uh, only 24% knew the correct answer is why the colonists fought the British. Um, 12% thought Dwight Eisenhower led troops in the Civil War. But uh, Well, he'd have done a hell of a job if he had, Jack. And that's what's important. I don't know. He would have said, uh, you know, bomb them. Fly over and bomb them. <laughs> what? And they'd have said, what? Fly? Then he'd have said, send in the Are tanks. Are you a witch? Send in the tanks. And they'd have just stared at him. Tanks of what? Like tanks of water, horse tanks. Um, that would have been yeah, poor leadership. Now that you mention it, you're right. A, we're getting you're into right. we're mobilize getting, the air force. We're getting into silly here. Okay, but um, only one percent could name the dry weight of old Ironsides. Most knew. <laughs> <laughs> Most knew the cause of the Cold War, but 2% said it was climate change. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I think this is a joke paper. I did, maybe. There's no way they gave that as an option in a multiple choice question. I don't know. Would they? I don't know. Or was that supposed to be the outlier? Nobody would actually check this. The folks who the put Cold these tests War. together, they got to get through their day. They probably throw in a funny choice the now Cold and again. The Cold War was caused by climate change. <laughs> Makes sense to me. That is awesome. That's right. We were uh, hoarding all the heat from the Ruskies. Well, it used to be warmer here. What the heck? <laughs> I don't know. Some, uh, you know, I, I, I suppose it'd be really slow and difficult to grade, you know, essay questions. Yes. But I want you to understand what's the important of a, the importance of voting or representative government. Sure, I get you. You could design multiple choice questions around that sort of thing. Or what, you know, what four principles are in the First Amendment mm. and have multiple choice choices. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, the first review of the FBI Kavanaugh report is out. President Trump up and tweeting about new poll numbers. And for the first time in 24 years, there is a new richest person in the U.S. Okay. Is, is it that- me? Does that make you the richest person in the world, probably? Probably. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So is the verdict in on Kavanaugh? To paraphrase Johnny Cochran, if he didn't rape, he gets a cape. Huh? That's the argument I'd be making. (laughs) Sorry, you weren't in that hearing. That would have won the day. 
Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, the first I think they call them robes, don't they? Mm, you got to rhyme robe. doesn't rhyme. He doesn't okay. wear a cape. Can you wear a cape? Could you wear anything? Good question. Show up in a suit every day? I'm not the robe sort. Or wear the British wig. That's what I would do. Awesome. <laughs> the big white wig. Oh, boy. Well, the first review is in the chairman Slipping of this. Slipping something into Sotomayor's drink from what I've heard. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> The chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee says the FBI found no hint of misconduct in the background investigation of sexual misconduct claims against Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. So you know, here's here's oh, I, a couple interesting things. Yeah, yeah. On one hand, you've got the he's had six FBI background checks. On the other hand, I saw somebody uh, tweet, and this is true. Remember Dennis Hastert, who was the Speaker of the House for the Republicans? He had tons of background checks, too, because once you rise to that level, you have the highest security clearance, and nobody figured out he was a child molester until long after he was out of government. Right. And he had been for years of his life a child molester, and and a lot of people knew it around where he was, and for whatever reason, that didn't make it into the background check. Specifically sexed up high school boys. Yeah, yeah, but, but there were... You know, whiffs of that story at his high school for a long time, and they didn't pick that up with the background. Well, and listen, this is a great example of politics, because I'm on Grassley's side on this. I firmly believe Kavanaugh is uh, worthy of being on the bench. I don't believe his accusers. I am firmly on that side. But to say there's not a hint of uh, sexual misconduct, I think Dr. Blasey Ford's allegation is a hint of sexual misconduct. I mean, I don't believe it. But uh, so everybody's spinning like crazy. Grassley says he has received a briefing from his staff on the confidential report. And the Iowa Republican says in his statement that, quote, there is nothing in it that we didn't already know. He says the FBI couldn't find any people who could attest to any of the allegations against Kavanaugh. You know, one of the reasons for keeping it secret. I don't know this. It's just a possibility. But one of the reasons for keeping it so tight could be. And both sides would agree, this doesn't make Ms. Ford look very good in terms huh. of her mental health. Huh. It's conceivable, it's, I guess. I think it's quite conceivable. Yeah. I love this tweet from Ben Shapiro. Democrats, fu- and uh, hold tight, Republicans, you're about yeah. to get yours. Democrats five minutes ago, how dare Trump malign the noble, spotless, thorough FBI? Democrats now. The FBI is incompetent and biased. Republicans have done the same trick. Is it possible that the FBI is a law enforcement agency with all the attendant qualities and drawbacks? Certainly not. Let the spin begin. Meanwhile, you got President Trump. See, that's a good rhyme, not like your cape thing. (laughs) President Trump says the controversy over nominee Kavanaugh is drawing more voters to support his choice for the court. The president tweeting this morning. The harsh and unfair treatment of Judge Brett Kavanaugh is having an incredible upward impact on voters. The people get it far better than the politicians. And more importantly, this great life cannot be ruined by mean and despicable Democrats and totally uncorroborated allegations! Exclamation point. Yeah! Well, I mentioned the enthusiasm gap that has closed since July. Uh-huh. Uh, enthusiasm for Republicans for the November elections has gone from 68% to 80% who say it's very important. I think it's got to be around this Kavanaugh stuff. I don't know how most people react, but i got to believe the majority reacted to, for instance, the New York Times ice-chucking story is, seriously? I know. That was a joke. And, And I don't think that helped anybody. I don't think that helped the Democrats. No, I don't think it helped Dr. Ford. 
Uh, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, it did help somebody. It helped the Republican Party. Because the, the totality of all this crap right. has really raised enthusiasm among conservative voters. Trump going on to tweet, look at the polls. Something very big is happening. He's a fine man and great intellect. The country is with him all the way. And now we get a new round of Fox News battleground polls that shows a Republican trend in the fight for the U.S. Senate. The GOP candidates are being helped by increased interest in the election among Republicans and pro-Donald Trump sentiment. Now we got a month, though. Who knows what stories will emerge in the next month, what things Trump will say or do, what his opponents will say or do. That, uh, you know, we, God dang it, we're, we're all so reactive to whatever the story of the day is. Kavanaugh might seem like two years ago come Election right. Day a month from now. <laughs> that is the rhythm of things yeah. lately. All right, my friends, Forbes has come out with its latest list of America's richest people. And for the first time since 1994, there is a new number one. Alex Baldwick. Not Alex Baldwick. Not Alex Baldwick. Rounding out the top five from fifth to first place in fifth place, Larry Ellison, $58 billion, founder of Oracle. Fourth richest, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg. He's got $61 billion. Antichrist. Asterisk next to his name. Right, yeah. right. Antichrist, With evil. horns, right. Third, uh, third richest, uh, Warren Buffett still hanging in there with $88 billion. And now... Uh, Got to throw in my favorite Warren Buffett quote. When everyone else is greedy, I get scared. Yeah. When everyone else is scared, I get greedy. It's good. Follow that in your investing life, positive Sean, and you will see your portfolio skyrocket. As I've been, you know, educating myself more and more about how in the investing game, yes. I find him to be a fascinating individual. He's I, done pretty well. I've oh, been yeah. consuming interviews with him a lot. And dropping into second place from first place, where he's been for 24 years, Bill Gates. I'm always what is what's the ha ha? I'm always bothered by the second list. place is the first loser. That's what I have. I'm always bothered by this list not taking any into any account how much money you give away. So if a guy like Bill Gates gives away billions of dollars right. and slides down this and decides to dedicate himself to a charity and, and getting rid of AIDS in Africa as opposed right. to making more money. Means he's a loser. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm not, I'm not he's cool. lost his spot. I'm not cool with that. And after giving away all that money in second place, he's got $98 billion. Woo! Meanwhile, the new number one. Amazon founder and CEO Jeff Bezos, who broke Bill Gates' 24-year run. He's also the first person to appear in the ranks with a fortune of more than $100 billion. He is now worth $160 billion. $160. So he's the richest man. Whatever. Whatever. He's the richest man in the world of people that we know how much money they have. Some people believe Putin's the richest man in the world. You could have some Saudi that is. But uh, for anybody who's playing by the rules... Um, and so Tucker Carlson regularly mentions the world's richest man, of course, who owns the Washington Post. I mean, he's regularly throwing that in. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that has any effect on anything. I don't know. Trump, Washington Post, Amazon, anything. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I will Sounds tell you good this, to be scary, though. Listen to uh, this, would you? Speaking of Bill Gates giving money away, yeah. et cetera. I was listening to an expert on college financing. This morning, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna hold back. I'm gonna uh, okay. let's talk about it next. Oh, we have a guest next, don't we? Yeah. All right. I'll do it real quickly. They're talking about the FAFSA application. It's the long mind and soul numbing application for college aid. Uh, Don't get me started on my rant about how college financing is now a complete fraud. But 
one of the recommendations is since they look at your assets to spend down your savings. Ooh. Now they said, you know, use it to pay off a high interest credit card debt, for instance. Or they tried to make it sound legitimate. Right. But it was yet another example where if you have lived frugally, you have saved, you are penalized. And you have, if you have spent every dime you've ever made on cocaine hookers and, and jet skis, you will be rewarded by the government. Fabulous. They great great your, system we've they designed. They look at your savings yeah. to oh, determine yeah. whether or not you've got enough money. Yeah, that, it's all about net worth. That is insane. Right. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. So literally, if you have a if you have ten thousand dollars, you will be denied aid that somebody with a ten thousand dollar boat gets that, or took a ten thousand dollar vacation to Hawaii. That's a good way to good, ruin yeah. a, a ruin a society. Good effing system. Wow, that's crazy. And there are a hundred examples of disincentives that the government gives for good behavior and vice versa. The, and incentives for bad behavior. There's at least half the country or more though that agrees with that philosophy. That thinks that makes sense, which is so scary to me. Goodbye, sweet America. So scary. Um, so they're trying to do something about the airlines keep making our seats smaller and taking more and more food away from us. So you're sitting yeah. there starving with your head in the lap of your seatmate. There's a lot of bad news and a little good news about airlines. We'll okay. talk to Ryan Burrow next. On the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Things are not getting any better for me in my attempts to make a conversation in the elevator. As I was riding up with a young woman, she got on and I said, what floor do you need? She said, two. I said, I hear two's the party floor. She looked at me like that. Did you offer her a puppy? I know that was going to be one of your strategies. <laughs> why can't I'm sure she just tweeted, the old creep hit on me again today. <laughs> or why can't they keep homeless people out of this building? <laughs> Beautiful. So, uh, it's a universal resentment and disgust at the airlines and the way they treat us. Well, they treat us poorly. Like cattle. Because they have a monopoly, more or less, just because yeah. the, 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 uh, the bar for entry is so high. Oligopoly. A fewopoly. Ryan Burrow with ABC News is reporting on uh, mostly bad news, but a little good in terms of the flying public. Hey, Ryan, how are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah, we got this uh, new study from the University of Nevada, Reno. Uh, they took a look at all of these complaints we've had about flying in recent years. The seats are getting too small. The baggage fees are getting too expensive. There's no longer free food service and the security issues as well. And what they realized is the airlines are essentially saying tough beans. Yeah. Good <laughs> luck with that. They're packing these flights more and more. Uh, you know, they, they, they're making uh, $15 billion annually. Their profits continue to increase and they're probably not going to change unless they're told to do so in one form or another. Uh, they've become more efficient with the space on their flights, whether it be adding more and more seats and just filling them in general. We're at about 85% capacity on domestic flights right now. Just a decade ago, it was 77%. And when you start thinking, you know, these are 100 200 300 $400 seats, uh, they're, they're making some money off of that. So uh, I would not expect to see the airline industry change anytime soon as far as, uh, you know, kind of catering to your needs as far as seats and, and costs of baggage. Well, I saw Chuck Schumer say the other day that we're going to uh, mandate 
seats that are so wide that you can fit in them. That's just not going to happen? No, and in fact, uh, Senator uh, Dick Durbin just addressed that uh, earlier this week. He didn't think anything was really realistically going to be pushed through Congress to to mandate something like that. Now, the Senate did approve new rights for airline passengers. Uh, These are things, a lot of them no-brainers. First of all, no more bumping passengers who have already boarded. They don't want to see another one of these Dr. David Dow situations where someone is ripped physically off. I disagree with that. You've got to get somebody off the plane. You grab them by the head. You bounce their their nose (laughs) Off the armrest, and you get them off the plane. And you give you, America something to talk you about. You mop up the blood, and you get out of the gate. <laughs> this, this, is, this is for people who have been double-booked, not people who may be uh, causing a disturbance. But they, they said no more than that. A lot of these airlines are already already put these plans in place after the United incident last year. Uh, no mid-flight cell phone calls. So if you're holding out hope that you'd be able to maybe do some business. No, I'm here. not holding Probably. out hope for that. I, I would never fly again if they start letting people yap on their damn phones. That'd be awful. Yeah, accommodations, accommodations for pregnant and breastfeeding mothers at the airport as well, so as as well as uh, on the flight. Uh, you can check a stroller at the gates, but uh, there obviously has to be a kid attached with that stroller. You can't just be walking strollers through uh, security. One of those people there. who walks their little dog in a stroller. Exactly, exactly. Oh, speaking of dogs, by the way, it is now officially illegal, at least when President Trump signs this, it will be illegal to put an animal in the overhead compartment. Uh, that coming after a puppy uh, named Coquito died on that flight from Houston to New York last year. Um, but the, the the real big issue, and the one thing everything seems to be ta- everyone seems to be talking about, is the seat size minimums. Now we're not talking about the width of the seats. Uh, we're talking about actually the distance, or what they call the pitch, the seats uh, basically at your knee level from one seat to the other, the forward and the back. And uh, what the Senate has decided is they will put the FAA in control of what the limitation will be. Now, to this point, the FAA has not set any limitations and didn't intend to set any limitations, saying that the airlines were right in making them smaller, that it does not hinder someone's ability, the tighter and tighter you make it, does not hinder someone's ability to evacuate in an emergency situation. That was the concern. Can't, it can't possibly be true. The, the The difficulty in trying to get in and out of those 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 little aisles is is much different than it was decades ago. It's got to be more difficult to get out of there quickly. That's what the consumer rights groups have been saying, is you keep packing people in tighter and tighter, and now all of a sudden if you've got smoke in a cockpit, you've got you know a fire somewhere aboard, which we've seen in recent years, uh, you know planes that have caught fire, is everyone going to be able to evac- evacuate safely with these packed uh, planes that, that everyone's you know, in like sardines. And uh, their research has shown that it doesn't impact. You stand up, you get in the aisle, you get out. Uh, there is no impact if it's, you know, right. a foot between, if it's 16 inches. So, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, let me let me translate uh, what the airline executives are hearing right now. Sounds like the cattle are slightly less happy. Who cares? Ryan Burrow of ABC News. Ryan, you always know your stuff. Good to talk to you. Take care. Thanks. Yeah, I'm. I have a narrow. Uh, I have a narrow ass. So the the width of the seat um, is not as big a deal for me. Although I I don't like my shoulders being up. If you exactly, get a, it's not about the seat. If you get a wide shouldered dude, then you're you're leaning over like this. But the the seat back right in my nose, I hate. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, it's not about your hiney. At least not. I guess we're guys, so you know we're shaped a little differently than than gals. Thank God. Um. Uh, but uh, I just I appreciate that. I'm a heterosexual male. I kind of like women's shapes. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it's all about the shoulders. Oh my God, having to lean over, you know, uh, twenty degrees for three and a half hours 
Oh, that is so uncomfortable. I despise it. If you don't like it, don't fly. That's that's what they would say, I guess. Right. So pick another airline with big giant seats. Oh, that's right. There aren't any. Now get on board. No soup for you. Shut up or we'll bounce your head off the armrest and drag you off. (laughs) Put you in the overhead compartment. My favorite one was fight or flight, we choose. United (laughs) Airlines. (laughs) I'm anti the government getting involved in most stuff because I feel like, you know, the free market will take care of it. But that government's already involved a lot. In the airlines, particularly in, ter- in terms of gates, gate assignments. I mean, air- airport gates are not like open ports and the planes line up and go as they open up. They're owned by the airlines and, and apportioned out by the government. But so, so could uh, could a Bill Gates start an airline if he wanted to? Or Bill is- Gates probably could, yeah. Yeah, put a few billion to it. But there's an enormous barrier to entry, as we say, in the econ business. And it just... And there are, just aren't enough gates. So, hey, a couple things coming up. First of all, late night joke off that we think you'll enjoy. On the presidential text we all got yesterday, I don't think I got it. I, I didn't either. And Oh, I did. Because hmm. I'm important. You know, I'm kind of a big deal. Uh, also, <laughs> highlights from our long-form podcast with Mike Rogers. Really interesting stuff oh, cool. we'll play for you. Cool. He was, uh, yeah, he was on the House Intelligence Committee. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.